Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast the podcast that aims to educate our listeners on the variety of opportunities available in the music industry by really getting beneath what job titles actually mean. This is a very special episode of the Mellow Compass podcast with BBC Radio 1 DJ Charlie T. Please bear with us on the sound on this one. We recorded it at the ministry and had some technical difficulties during recording. It is a great episode though, and we cover a lot of ground. If you enjoy the episode, please like, subscribe, and share it with your network. Here is our chat with the fabulous Charlie T. Good evening. We are bringing you something slightly fresher today. We um, are recording this podcast from the ministry in partnership with Moving the Needle and Mental Health Charity Get Ahead, two organisations Mellow Compass are a big supporter of. And our very special guest is the lovely Radio One drum and bass DJ Charlie T. What a build up! <laughs> Thank you for having me. Well, welcome to podcast, Charlie. Thank you. Now, you're not only a Radio One DJ, you are also the first female presenter for the drum and bass show on Radio One. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Uh, a lot of pressure, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm the first female to ever permanently host the show. There have been people that have covered it, other women. Um, I have to big them up as well. Yeah. Two other women before me. But yeah, I'm the first to permanently host the show, to have it week in, week out. Congratulations. Thank you. And we're, what, one month in now? Yeah, exactly that. We've done four shows. This week will be a number five. But it feels like it's been ages. It feels like we've been doing it for a year already, to be honest. Yeah. But a lot of Put a lot of hard work and effort and planning into it. It feels like longer, but it isn't. And also on the side, you and I mean not on the side, but another thing that you do <laughs> is that you have a label called Total Records. I do. A very appropriate description, I think, of this is that it is dedicated to music with meaning and sounds that make you feel, which, as I heard you said in another interview, drama based runs in your blood. And therefore, it seems highly appropriate to kind of be describing the label that way. 
Yeah, so I wanted to create an imprint where, for me personally, because I'm a multi-genre DJ, I'm not yeah. just all about drum bass. As yeah. I've grown up, I've I've done multi-genre dance music shows on various radio stations, um, and I've played different sorts of sets out. So for me, it was really important to create a label that just kind of mirrored what I'm all about, my ethos. And yeah, I sat during the pandemic and I thought a lot about dance music and what it was that made me play each individual genre and why I was mm-hmm. drawn to them and why so many people because yeah, a lot of people are told me to stick in one lane and just pick a genre but it just didn't feel organic to me or, or very real yeah. so yeah I, 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 I ascertained that basically one reason why I like all different types of genres is I like tracks that bring feeling and evoke feeling mm-hmm. and yeah that's kind of like the thing that that kind of joins everything together and I wanted to create an imprint that puts the music out that's the, that's the one Thing that we need like basically when someone sends me a track what do I look for does it make me feel something that's it it doesn't matter if it's drum bass techno house disco whatever yeah that's the only criteria no you can definitely feel like listening to your shows you can really feel the energy coming out like you listen to the show and you might be like feeling a little bit tired or you might be tired in the day or whatever you come in you listen to those tracks and you come away with just this renewed sense of energy and excitement Aww. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Do you know what? That makes me so happy you said that. Becky Hill messaged me the other day and she yeah. was just like, I listened to your show the other week and I went out. She's like, I couldn't stay in. She's like, thank you for that. I was like, hey, there should be a disclaimer with the show. I was like, that's that's what's supposed to happen when you listen to it. So yeah, um, I'm glad that it gives you that energy. That's kind of what we hope for the show. We want it to pick people up and give them that high energy weekend feeling. That's kind of why we made it. And we should also um, add here that the show now has moved from Monday to Saturday, yeah. 11pm to 1am, which, you know, is prime time mm-hmm. for getting people ready to go out. Yeah, it's a yeah. monumental move uh, for drum and bass, taking it from a Monday evening to prime time yeah. weekend slot. And um, yeah, exactly that. We kind of wanted it to fuel people in the pre-drinks, getting ready to go out raving, um, people that are already in the thick of the weekend, you know, kind of having house parties. Do you know what? It doesn't even have to be for raving. A lot of people that message in, you know, someone's in the bath having a cup of tea listening to drum bass. Drum bass isn't just for the rave. (laughs) That's so brilliant. And that's what we want the show to be about. We've got a new mix feature called the Chilled Mix, the Radio One's Chilled Mix. Um, And Chilled Drum and Bass Mix, that's the full title. Radio One's Chilled Drum and Bass Mix. And um, yeah, the whole point is drum and bass is a really beautiful 360 genre. It's there's often a misconception that it's just all really dark and hard and it's just for raving and it's it's yeah, it's, it's everything. It really is. Um, so what is your first memory of drum and bass? And why oh. like, this coming this question is really coming from, you know, why drum and bass? Like we've talked about it being like kind of a multi-layered genre and it's you know been in your life for many many years now but what is that first memory i'm trying to think of like the first time i was drawn to drum bass i used to collect those the ministry of sound addicted to bass albums and one of my favorite very appropriate that we are here at ministry sound i know right it's the entry level stuff and yeah those sorts of compilation albums really do fuel a lot of people in younger life particularly when i was growing up maybe not so much now because we've got lots of access to Spotify and SoundCloud. We didn't have those things, obviously, when I was when I was a teenager. Yeah. But yeah, first track, I think one of my favourites I love to start with, Dillinger, Twist Them Out. I heard it and I was like, what is this raucous, riotous noise in the best possible way? <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a Dillinger tune. And then from there, I went to uni and Chase and Satis had just put out more than a lot of their albums. That kind of was my gateway to falling in love with drum and bass and Next Guy's first album all of the hospital records stuff. Again, just that kind of accessible crossover. Mm. 
the crossover albums and the crossover compilations um, that drew me in. And yeah. Did you go to a uni to see which was quite ingrained in the music scene and particularly the dance music scene? No, I went to Durham. But the one thing I will say is that I was really lucky where I lived at home. I had lots of mates that were at different unis all over the country. So Sheffield, Leeds, Manchester, Newcastle. And we would spend everything. I almost failed my second year of uni because we rave every weekend. So as soon as ours is like second year. And my boyfriend at the time used to drive up and come and get me. And we'd go to a different city every single weekend. And we'd rave. And I almost, like I said, almost, I'm not proud of this. I almost failed my second year of uni because I fell in love with raving and dance music. And found her on the bass. <laughs> And um, yeah, we just spend every single weekend. We went to watch Chase and Status like at the Leeds SU and the Toronto and a lot. And mm. we go to Newcastle to Digital and I saw Danny Bird there for the first time. And he just he just released Red Mist. And yeah, I just have so many memories of lots of different clubs all around the country. We fully would just all bundle into a car and just travel all around the country. It was so it was brilliant. Much fun. Yeah. yeah, you um you say Leeds uh, Student Union Club Focus. I could have been there that night. I also went to Leeds Union. Oh, you did so, you? Yeah, that's very possibly my love of dance music has come from. And um, yeah, whenever I hear drum and bass or house or techno, those wonderful memories of raving at uni really come back. Yeah. But they're such an integral part of the scene, like all those freshers nights that you do, all the uni nights. Like I say, they are the gateway to falling in love with electronic dance music, I think, here in the UK. So coming back to, you know, the career path, um, did you always know that you wanted to be a DJ? You know, drum and bass, this kind of scene is very male dominated. And I imagine when you were first starting out, you weren't seeing a lot of female mm -hmm. figureheads out there. And so perhaps because of that, you may have not thought, oh, that's a, actually a career path that you can have. Yeah. Um, what was the moment that you realized that it is an opportunity and you can do this? incredible awesome job um all day every day and get paid for it so the money's only recently just started coming let's be real about that first <laughs> get paid for it when you start a lot of it isn't getting paid um but no you are totally right it is true what they say you can't be what you can't see i know it's a phrase that is used to death now but it's so true um i didn't always know i wanted to be a dj because i didn't think i could be a dj mm -hmm. i when i started out First time I touched a pair of decks, I think I was 19. I was at a mate's after party. We'd just all been out for fabric. We went back to my mate's house. And yeah, everyone was jumping on the decks. I was like, let me have a go, let me have a go. Went on, obviously clanged. I was like, your shit, get up, get up. Like, <laughs> all the boys like knew how to mix. The other boys that used to drink down the pub that I used to work at. And um, yeah, like I, it just wasn't, the, it was like the girls were in the booth with the boys and the boys DJ. That's just the way it was. And I was from a town where like, girls yeah I, I always used to hang around with a lot of boys because I was really into dance music but a lot of the girls I grew up with weren't yeah. it, just, it wasn't their scene but I loved it like I think probably even when I was at uni a lot of my girlfriends at uni weren't into it and I would go to different cities with my mates every weekend my raving crew but yeah the moment I think I decided I knew I wanted to be a DJ I did a season in Ibiza after yeah. I left uni and we had decks in the house while we were there. Again, I had a little go on them, but I was shit. I wasn't very good and I was a bit embarrassed and I wasn't very confident. And it wasn't until I started seeing BTV and again, didn't see any girls kind of playing on the decks. Um, I was the host, I was the presenter, I was the host. You'd see women hosting, but you wouldn't see women really on the decks. It's mm. like you're the presenter, right. you're the interviewer. Um, and it wasn't until I saw B-Trakes playing at Fabric 
uh, with Shy Effect. Was it Shy Effect or was it Critical? I can't remember now. I think it might be in Critical Night actually with Shy Effect. She's playing a vinyl. And I was like, oh my God, girls can do that too. Like, okay, cool. Let's go. Like, you're just, <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, that was the spark. And then I was lucky enough to get a pair of hand me down decks from an ex boyfriend at the time and then clanged in my bedroom for six months to a year and then headed for the clubs. Awesome. And you were, whilst you were clanging away, as yeah. you say, were you doing any other jobs to kind of pay the bills and, you know, further that experience alongside, you know, actually learning your craft on the decks? Yeah. So I was working three jobs at the time. So I started doing community radio in Ealing at a place called Westside. So I was travelling from Hertfordshire, so it was an hour and a half each way to get there. So a three-hour round trip, three shows a week, an electric dance music show, and then daytime shows. And then I was also working in a pub like 70 hours a week working at DMB TV on a Wednesday night for free again, interviewing and hosting DMB TV, interviewing mm-hmm. other artists on that, which we had big artists, like we helped launch careers with people like Graphic and Graphics and Dimension, and Sigmund started off there, and Danny Bird was on there, Cameron Crooked, like we used to interview a lot of, Andy C, like um, we used to interview a lot of artists on there. So I was doing that, and I used to run an online electronic dance music blog as well. And I did some stuff for Sony's online young person think tank. So I was quite busy. I was very hungry and keen to do music yeah. <laughs> in whatever capacity. So, yeah. No, I, I think when you're starting out, you do have to be really hungry for it. Yeah. Because if you're not hungry for it, then you might not make it. So let's yeah. be honest. And it sounds like, you know, even though you were learning kind of the more technical creative side of it at home, you're very much out speaking to people, building your network, understanding this scene, mm-hmm. um, which now, honestly, you have such an encyclopedic knowledge of. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely clearly paid off. Yeah. Networking is such a big part of the music industry. I think a lot of people underestimate that when they first start out DJing. Like, okay, I can DJ now, I'm a sick DJ, I can DJ out in clubs, but that's like... There are so many incredible DJs that aren't professional DJs and they get paid for it. I think half of it is networking and knowing your stuff, knowing the music, knowing the scenes that you're in, knowing what's hot, knowing what sounds good, um, knowing how to play to a crowd, like not just being able to be a good DJ, but knowing what music is appropriate for what nights, in what places, in what countries. So yeah, like the more you put in, I think the more you get out with the music industry in particular. It's not just the networking aspect. It's the more you network, the more you open yourself up to opportunities. Because a lot of the time, things aren't luck. It's very much timing. So a lot of people are like, oh, that was really lucky. It's like, well, no, I actually, I know a lot of people. And so I was made aware of opportunity because I've worked harder to meet people to get those opportunities. So it's a big part of it. And, you know, thinking about the fun side versus the... I call it like the not so fun side but there are you know always kind of things that you enjoy in a job versus things that you don't enjoy so much in Mm -hmm. a job like I think you know from the outset DJing can look quite glamorous you know you're flying from city to city Mm -hmm. you're playing club nights to like really energized fans if you're a massive music head you're obviously playing massive tunes Mm -hmm. to the crowd and kind of vibing off them what would you say are the most fun slash least fun Mm. parts of the job so obviously the most fun part is for me personally is playing music to people i know it sounds really basic but i love the fact that you can have a connection with somebody in a room on the front row that you've never met before in your life but you'll just have a you'll play a record to somebody or speak directly to them with no words very often 
Oh, I just think that is the most magical thing in the world. Like you can literally have a connection with someone that you've never even spoken to, spoken a word to, and it's that magic. It just for me, it's yeah, it's unparalleled. And I'd say that obviously the drawbacks is probably a bit obvious: traveling, lack of sleep. As I'm learning as well at the moment, being busy, not taking time for yourself, like being so busy that you don't get to do things like even go for a walk or go for a run or sit and have a bath or, as I was saying to someone earlier today, even be able to just like paint my toenails like for like months on it. It's just stupid stuff that you just don't get to like look after yourself. I didn't cut my hair for like three years at one point. I was just, just yeah, not having time for yourself, I think, is the hardest. And trying to find that work life balance, which I'm, I'll be honest, I've still not got right. Like trying to find enough time for family and friends and do your dream job and work really hard. So, yeah. Got it. And actually, that's quite a nice segue into, you know, speaking a little bit about how you manage your mental health when it comes to being on the road and work-life balance. Um, have there ever been times in the last 10 or so years that you've thought, oh, I am doing so much, I'm not sleeping enough, you know, you, you did say, mm-hmm. like, I don't have time to do X, Y, Z. When you've actually noticed that you've got to that point where, like, you just need to sleep, mm-hmm. um, how do you manage that? There was, I'm really open talking about this, there was a point about six years ago when I was gigging a lot. I was doing breakfast radio on Kiss FM, so I was doing, like, I think it was, like, 13 shows a week, and then I was gigging Thursday to Friday. And I remember one day I went from radio, I'd, I'd literally gone all the way through, played a gig on a Thursday night, done breakfast radio for Ruthie Valentine and Kiss FM. And then I was so sleep deprived, I literally went flying down one of the escalators in Oxford Circus and cut all over my leg. Because I was just so sleep deprived and I was just like, this is just, this is bad. This is dangerous now. And there are a few other times I fainted on an air once. I just hit exhaustion level 101. Yeah. And I actually had a bit of a mental breakdown. And um, yeah, a couple of months later, a few things that I had, because I've got endometriosis, I had an operation for my endometriosis. And there was lots of things that had happened on top. And I came out from the operation, I, I basically ended up with PTSD, which I didn't know what it was at the time, because I didn't even know what PTSD was. Ended up with complex PTSD, and I've now got something called dissociative disorder, which is, um, it's kind of a trauma disorder. It's kind of as a result of complex PTSD, which becomes, which is left unresolved. So that's something that I had to kind of combat for a while. So I had to take a real step back um, seven years ago, six years ago, and kind of reassess everything. So I was burning candles, partying working really hard and my body just went no no more you can't handle anymore I just have an operation and it was like you physically got to stop now so since then I've learned a lot about my mental health I've had therapy I don't drink in the week if I can help it I might have one or two if it's, if it's birthday if I'm going out for dinner whatever mm-hmm. that's just my rule now um or if I'm at you know, an event or something, I'm allowed one or two. But yeah, maybe, maybe. But at the moment, again, I know because I'm so stretched at the moment, I just know I can't. Like, you just have to, it's really hard though. The saying no is so hard. Um, but yeah, just making sure like diet's good, sleep's good, and prioritizing those things over going out with your mates. It's hard. It's really hard to say no. And I get such bad FOMO, but I've had to because I don't want to end up like I was, especially now at the moment when I'm so busy. Don't want to end up like I was seven years ago again. I just can't go back there again. My brain's in a better place now. I'm not going back to the other place, so, yeah. Do you ever feel pressurised to go out by your mates, um, or has that kind of subsided as we've grown up? Um, no, that do you know, they're all really good, because they've seen me at rock bottom, and they never push me now, because they've seen me in a really bad place, really poorly, and, yeah, in a, in a not great place, shall we say. 
And um, yeah, no, they're all really supportive. And I think I think it's really the more awareness we have around mental health, the more people understand, the more understanding your friends will be, yeah. especially in a job like this. So yeah, I think awareness, not just to help you yourself in times of need, but just for general life, if you have a better understanding of mental health, not mm-hmm. just being not just being there for when it's really bad, but just day to day, just mm-hmm. accepting. Oh, okay, if you say no, you mean no. If you're like, no, I can't. I'm feeling a bit anxious. Mm-hmm. Cool. No means no. Not then egging you on and then pushing you to go out it's, it's all those little things I think yeah I think also it comes from actually being really open and sharing with your friends mm. um, like it's not just a no because you're like mm, no it's yeah. like no no there are all of these things that you've been on this journey with me yeah and you know actually support me as a friend mm. and you know let's do this together mm. um, rather than you know having to feel like it's just you saying you know managing yourself basically yeah, totally. I, I mean, I'll be honest, my friends' family are amazing. Like, I'm very lucky. They can see how... The thing is that people can see my life on Instagram because I live, like, live it through Instagram. So they're like, oh, yeah. shit, I see how busy. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to staying motivated, have you ever felt unmotivated? Oh, my God, yeah, I'm a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Even doing the dream job. Uh, no, do you know, not so much recently that, that I think that's different, but there definitely have been points during my 10-year career where I have felt less motivated do you know I almost left everything last year I was had a moment where I was like right I'm done now I can't do it anymore it's too too stressful music's too fickle there's so many highs and lows and um I think my passion for the music just keeps clawing me back every single time there's been a few times where I've always almost given up and yeah I thought maybe it's not for me it's really hard and especially like not having a social life or not seeing your family at the weekend it takes a toll after a while but yeah, no, it's, I just love it. I just can't, I just don't want to do anything else. Like every time I try to leave, I just I physically can't. I'm just, I love it too much. I love the music. I love DJing, all of it. I love radio. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. 
Well, thank goodness you didn't last year <laughs> because here we are. Now you've got one of the biggest shows in genre-based space. So let's actually talk about that for a little bit. So if we're diving into a day as a broadcaster, you know, really demystifying, like, what does it mean to be a radio DJ? We hear you on the radio, we hear the tunes, we hear the, the commentary and like the highs and everything. Describe a, an average day when you're at the studio how do you prep for your show? I read that you actually don't ever prep for your live shows, but I imagine for the radio, it has to be slightly more organised. And therefore, you know, you've got your track list, you've got working with your producer, you've got the structure of the show. Yeah, tell us a little bit about how that all comes together. So my producers, Ollie and Katie, and I and the lovely team at Great Tour I work with, um, we are very passionate about drum bass and where some people might just have one day a week prepping the music and planning the show and doing it we spend a couple of days a week on top of the day we actually come in and actually do the show live so what we'll do is we'll so I spend like Monday Tuesday going through music Wednesday we'll have a show meeting where we'll program all the music into like a planner like a scheduler and we'll work out obviously we'll have the features on the show so we'll work out first like what what, what track we'll kind of open the show with and then what the key feature tracks are going to be and we always put music in from the artists that feature in the show so if we've got someone in the mix make sure we put a track early on so we can talk up the mix yeah it's a very well-oiled machine radio <laughs> people think it is it but yeah everything is very much planned then i build the show well my producer ollie and i build half each so we do it on usually like a thursday or friday and then usually if we have a guest in in the week we'll come in to record with a guest it's pre-recorded because being Saturday night at 11 p.m. you're not going to get many DJs rolling through the studio during peak gig time so we do pre-record a lot of those and then obviously we've got the mixes we do actually pre-record the liners for those because they kind of trip into the early hours on a Saturday but then the rest right. of the show is very live um, okay. yeah it's it's a couple of days prep a week I'd say I'd say I probably spend like four to five days a week on it you probably shouldn't spend that long but I it has to be right and we're really passionate about it and for anyone who, you know, isn't kind of clued up about how the show is managed, um, who are the internal teams or people that you'll be collaborating to bring that show to life? So you've mentioned your producers. Is there anybody else um, internally at BBC or, you know, you were at KISS as well, perhaps, you know, is there any difference between how those shows are managed? Yeah, definitely. So the BBC works quite uniquely and differently opposed to a commercial station has an in-house team for everything, so an in-house production team. The way the BBC works is they have an in-house production team, but then they also have external production houses that bid for the shows every four years or so. A lot of people don't know this, I don't think it's common knowledge, but um, yeah, so my production team are actually a team called Great, so they're an externally outsourced production team who bid for the drum bass show and they pitch their ideas and they run the show. So they produce me and they're not from, they're not internal BBC, but we still obviously work closely with the BBC team um, and with everyone internally, like putting the artwork together, all of the engineers, everything like that, it's, it's mainly the production that's kind of outsourced from them. But yeah, but th there's loads of people that help make a show, like obviously we'll go through music, you'll have radio pluggers who will send you lots of music weekly, record labels, he'll service all the promos of the tunes, um, it's not just literally artists emailing you, there's lots of lots of moving parts, sending you music and yeah, making making the radio dream come to life, shall we say. So that's what that is, um, really interesting to kind of hear the behind the scenes process, um, I'm sure there'll be people listening who are kind of thinking, well, 
this radio business? How do we get into radio? Um, and like, actually, just just show a little bit. You know, how did we transition from um, doing the presenting on uh, drum based TV to then going to Kiss and obviously now onto the BBC? How did that happen? And kind of any pointers that you can give to people listening um, of how they can do the same. So when I was on, so I was on Westside, I've been there for about three years, and I actually entered a competition for kids. They used to do this thing called the Chosen One every single year, which is when they asked people to come down to Westfield, I think it was, uh, shopping centres, and just kind of audition, just kind of chat, and like, but basically they were looking for the next radio personality every single year. And the year I did it, I actually couldn't make it to the live auditions, I'd missed the deadline. Um, but I submitted a video entry of just me literally walking down Carnaby Street interviewing randoms on the street, like literally just talking to them. And there was a few rounds and I went in. And, I mean, you didn't have to have had radio experience to enter the competition, but pretty much everyone that won every year had some sort of radio experience. There was only one person that had had no prior presenting radio experience. Um, yeah, it's kind of like it, it was it, that was my foot in basically um, mm-hmm. and I won out 6,000 people I won the competition with Kiss Amazing. but it wasn't just a case of I won a competition I'd already been doing radio for three years so I think that probably probably helped a little bit yeah. um and then was I kissed seven and a half years and then I sent some demos to Radio One um to Sarah Stories now producer Animax old producer yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he sent them through to a lady called Rachel who's one of the there and um, didn't hear back for a while, so I found her on Instagram and DM'd her. And that's how we got a coffee. <laughs> yeah, be bold. <laughs> but don't do that, because they'll kill me if they don't. If I tell everyone to go into their DMs, don't do that. Um, well, then they'll be just completely... Definitely do the email yeah. read. They would have got back to me eventually. I was just getting impatient, but yeah. And actually, touching on being bold and, like, you know, the video that you were talking about, walking up to people, talking to people, would you say that radio is a, is a place for people who are quite extroverted, you know, of, you know anybody thinking of getting into radio and thinking oh but I'm not really that confident I I like talking to people but I'm more of like a one-on-one person is radio from broadcasting for everyone yeah 100% like I know it's probably it's taken years of me talking to people and coming and doing things like this to be more extrovert so I'm very much an introvert extrovert person I think the beauty of radio was I I loved just being able to be in a studio one-on-one with the mic talking to the audience that's why I loved it so much and all the other stuff has come later in life. Like now, I can stand up on, you know, on a stage in front of an audience, and I love it. I still get nervous every single time. I'm never not anxious or nervous about doing it, but I love it. It's this weird love-hate relationship I have with performing and every aspect of performing. Yeah. Um, and when I first used to do MBTV, I used to have a drink or two every time before I'd interview people because I was really, really nervous. Some of the videos you probably tell, but <laughs> especially when I was in a club, it didn't really matter. But but yeah, like definitely no. I think that's again another common misconception. You don't have to be an extrovert person at all. I know loads of introverts that work in radio that just are really passionate about the music, and it's you kind of put on this hat when you get in the radio studio. You become your radio broadcasting self, I guess, but not someone that's not me. I never say I'm not myself, but just kind of yeah, you just kind of do it. And it's taken. It took a long while. Like it's taken a lot of growing a thicker skin, listening back to a lot of my radio shows and my links and doing that over and over again to get better at doing this I guess to grow confidence like it's taken a long time to grow confidence I've not always been like this if that makes sense I've not always been the person I am on radio mm. from the beginning because I'd never like producers sitting in the room with me when I was broadcasting whereas now I'm like cool 
either listen to me talk and if I mess it up, you just laugh at yourself. But um, it's not always been that way. No, it's very true. It's always been that way. True. So passion and persistence and practice really is what, what it takes. The three Ps. And yeah, just coming back to, you know, talk about more of more about, you know, the conversation of diversity. Um, you know, we've we've said you're a massive advocate for thriving opportunity amongst mm-hmm. women um, and the LGBTQ plus community, like you're performing on the LGBTQ plus stage at Tomorrowland very yeah. recently. I'm interested, have you ever been treated differently to your male counterparts in the industry? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, I think it's less so now because there's so many more women coming through. It's more normalised that when I first started, there were a few things that happened. Um, I once turned up to a club and someone asked if they needed me to have my USBs plugged in for me. Because it's more mm. of a commercial club. I didn't fit the bill. I didn't look a certain way. I.e., I probably had mates on my head on life. They're like, do you want to plug your USBs in for you? I was like, I got it. Thanks. And I was like... <laughs> And I was like, why? They're like, oh, we have a lot of girls here, and you know, and they usually have pre mix. And I was like, I don't pre mix. I was like, and they're like, I'm a proper DJ. <laughs> I was like, just move out of the way. And like, obviously, at the time, I was mortified. I was really embarrassed. And as soon as I came up, he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, promise me you'll never say that to a woman ever again. Wait for them to ask. If that is the case, let them ask you. Don't ever assume again. And that was the end of that conversation. Well done, in, you. In the nicest way. I wasn't rude, but yeah. Yeah, you've got to stand up for yourself, haven't you? Yeah. Um, have you ever kind of felt the, you know, people are looking at you because you're a woman or like you're wearing something which you're, you know, perhaps, you know, we like to wear short skirts. We like to wear things that kind of make ourselves feel good. Has that ever kind of come into making you feel uncomfortable in any way? Yeah, totally. Like when I first started out, you can see probably the difference in clothing when I DJ, when I started, baggy t shirts, just, yeah, very much very, I say, I would say masculine clothes, yeah, baggy t-shirts and like vests, I kind of just wanted to fit in and I didn't want to be seen as somebody, I wanted to be seen almost like as another counterpart, like as another colleague, Yeah. because I used to have this thing when I first started DJing, if I was in a green room, I'd try and chat to guys, but sometimes they would chat to me, because if their girlfriend was there, it was like, it looks like it's flirting, it's like, but we're here doing the same job, job you're doing just because I'm a woman, yeah. instantly our relationship has to be on a, on a sexual level, like, it's not a professional level instantly just because I'm a female. Uh, so, yeah, so I started dressing wearing, like, baggier T-shirts, hoodies and stuff so that I didn't seem like a threat and yeah. so I didn't seem very feminine. Um, I don't give a shit now. <laughs> I wear whatever I want when I want to wear it. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with the amount of women coming through in the scene as well because there's more women on the lineup and more women backstage mm-hmm. and more women working in clubs and in labels and, yeah, it definitely helps. So, saying that, have you seen, in your opinion, any really positive changes recently in the space? Yeah, 100%. Just the, this influx of women coming through in the pandemic in particular, like of DJs and particularly female DJs in drum and bass is amazing. It's kind of what we've needed for a really long time. And it's happened really organically as well. That's the beautiful thing. Um, it's not been forced. It's just something that has organically happened. And yeah, I feel like more representation, people like myself, Lots of other DJs that kind of in my generation, like Katie Coven's come through, and it's sparked a, it's sparked a new generation of artists coming through, mm. thinking that there's space for them and there is room for them, and there is there's lots of room for them. And um, yeah, you can you can directly see as an artist with Coven, there's another artist now called A Little Sound who's 
cites Kate as one of her inspirations and the reason she got into music. So it's that representation of what what you see is what you can be. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, that's helped. And if you you know we talked about playing around in the bedroom and on some decks, is there anything else that someone could be doing who wants to become a DJ or wants to become a broadcaster? Any kind of organisations that you're aware of, um, communities who can support up and coming talent in this space? Mm. So I would say radio wise, start a community radio station. Um, you won't get onto any major radio stations unless you have some prior experience or a demo put together showcasing what you can do. They're not just going to let you run right on a radio station. Um, so yeah, join a local community radio station, start a podcast. Like you can literally record with recording equipment from your house um, using Skype. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great way to practice. It's a great way to showcase your ability to talk, present, interview people. Yeah. My advice would be just get started and the more you do it the more you'll become used to the sound of your own voice basically you want to make all of your mistakes at community radio before you get to a big radio station make all of the mistakes before trust me because you'll make them on air when you get there anyway and you'll be less embarrassed if you're used to making mistakes and you've got over it and you've grown a thicker skin and radio wise i would say kind of the same i'd say learn your craft hone it once you feel like you're at a good enough level to play out then ask for a residency somewhere, find a local club, a local promoter that plays and puts on parties with the sound that you want to play, not just any club, um, somewhere that you can envisage yourself playing and wanting to play and build a career in. Um, and then, yeah, get started. And then you will properly learn how to DJ because DJing at home and DJing in a club are two very separate things. Different sound systems are very different. Playing with different speaker setups, different monitors in the booth very different so yeah that's where the lessons really start that's how we say so would you recommend also having a bit of tech knowledge in the back of your mind kind of you know developing all the other stuff um doing a sound engineering course or anything that kind of helps you learn the tech side so no djing was just i think it might help because i have a bit of musical knowledge i used to play the violin years ago so i have a bit of bit of a musical ear anyway um but I just say DJing, for me, it was just something that kind of came naturally. The thing I used to do a lot was watch boiler rooms and watch what DJs were doing in boiler rooms. It's really helpful to learn new tips and tricks. Um, but there's plenty of YouTube channels that now promote like just DJ lessons, like real simple tips and tricks to get started. So many YouTube videos. Everything's on bloody YouTube. Even when I'm producing now, I've been learning to produce for like six years. Everything's on bloody YouTube. It's brilliant. Just, how do I do this? And how do I do that? So yeah, YouTube. Do you use TikTok as well? Yeah, on TikTok. I use TikTok a lot, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so you've mentioned a lot of producers and artists. What is your go-to record? Um, and actually, to add to that, is there any one coming up on your label, um, any big releases that we should be aware of? So label-wise, we just put out records with Matt Guy, who is blowing up now. He's, um, he's a really exciting artist. Um, He's just kind of had his seminal record, Set My Mind Free, which wasn't the one on ours. It was a track called Crooper that we put out. In terms of artists on the label, I'm not just putting out music for the sake of it. We're putting out a record whenever I feel it's right or whenever we get a good artist. We put out three in quick succession. And for me, that's not the way I want to do it. I don't want to keep putting out records for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. When a special record comes along, we'll release it. So at the moment, we're still looking. We had a record in the bag that we were going to put out. They had it revocal and it didn't sound same so yeah for now in terms of artists that are upcoming at the moment i mean there's so many decent drum bass artists 
and producers. There's an artist called Cara, who isn't really upcoming anymore, but she's brilliant, and I think she's going to be part of this next generation of like producers that's going to be a staple. There's a DJ called Sabrina, who's brilliant as well. I know she's just started producing Lens, who is one of my personal favourites. She's just started putting out records, and she's brilliant. I'm picking all women. I'm not doing this on purpose, but they, these are artists that I am really passionate about. Yeah, we've got a thriving scene at the moment. It's brilliant. Awesome. And any one record that you always go back to? Do you know what? Everyone asks me this question, and there isn't just one. I could pick one from every subgenre. That I could do. <laughs> it would be here all day. Um, one record, one record. It's it, honestly, I just, I, I just can't pick. I just can't pick one. Um, it's like, like I even like classical music and jazz, and like it's just, yeah, one record, one record. Pick a focus record, like one. I mean, that's I okay. Memories of like the raving days. I'll pick a pivotal record. So, Eastern Chase State's Eastern Jam was the first time I went to a proper rave and I watched the sound waves literally ripple across the crowd. And I'd never been to a place where the sound system was proper. I've been to like all the crappy little bars and clubs like Lippers and stuff back in the day, but never been to a proper rave. So yeah, we'll go with Chasing State's Eastern Jam because I remember standing there and like it took my breath away. I was like, oh my god, it was a real pivotal moment where I can, I can remember, I can still remember Rebel MC like I was right at the front as well, like a proper keynote, like looking up at them. And um, yeah, we'll go with Eastern Jam because that was a moment. That was a moment record. Lovely. And finally, what one piece of advice, like one action that someone listening to further their career of being a broadcaster or being a DJ, what one action could they take today to forward their career? It's a good question. Just do it. Whatever it is, don't overthink it. Just do it. If you're thinking of an idea in your head and you're delaying it, stop overthinking it. Just get, just do it. Just start doing it. Stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. Stop overthinking it. Just start and do it i'm guilty of that too so you know just do it just do it well thank you so much charlie thank you thank you that was brilliant That was DJ Charlie T recorded at the Ministry in partnership with Moving the Needle and Get Ahead. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review the podcast. And if there are any areas of the music industry which we haven't covered and which you would like us to, or any guest suggestions that you may have, please let us know by sending an email to hello at mellowcompass.uk or sending us a DM on Instagram at mellowcompassuk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.